passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Speaking of that contract, it, it does say I get to choose my opponent for WrestleMania, right? As long as it's not a champion, a current champion, and as long as that person is a member of the active WWE roster, yes. Okay. Well, then, the person I want to choose for my WrestleMania match... Oh, wait! We're going to hear who Ronda is going to face at WrestleMania. Kurt, I think we need, like, a big drum roll or something. This gets better and better. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Here's a drum roll. You. I know someone else with a second contract, and that's you, Triple H. And I told you after Survivor Series... If you ever attack me again, I'm coming for you. So, Rod, if it's okay with you, it's not going to be you and Stephanie. At WrestleMania, it's going to be Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey and me. When Ryan when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18. That makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Way. Take the mic. Hi, I'm John Pollock, and welcome to Rewind a Raw with Waiting. Yes happening way not much how are you what a what a night what a day of news there's so much stuff going on yeah always always in wrestling are you up to date on all the latest i think so we've got a location now for all in mm-hmm. yep it's, i just watched uh the being the elite that they just released how did they reveal this location well they fought over who would announce it and then um in the end none of the cast members announced it and instead, we had a cut to Stephen Amell, who oh. made the announcement that, yes, September 1st, Saturday, in Chicago, Illinois, or Hoffman Estates. Hoffman Estates, Illinois, yes. About 30 minutes away, at the Sears Center Arena. Where I watched Dan oh. Henderson stop Fyodor Emelianenko sitting next to Pat Militich. You know what I find uh, strange about that, though? So, the Sears Center Arena. They spell center C-E-N-T-R-E. Oh. Despite being American. Oh, that is weird. I I had no clue. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I've got it pulled up here. They do spell it the the proper way, the Canadian it way. It really is the proper way, yes. yes. The British way, really. The British way that we've kind of adopted over yeah. the years. So that's uh are you do you how do you defer when you're spelling uh do, do you ever do you always just go with the R E? Unless it's a name. Yes. Like a, if it's an established like Ring of Honor. All right. Yeah, some people do put the U in there. 
That, I, I, think, I that's, think that's silly. That's silly. Like if yeah, so, I won't do that. If it, like my name, you can argue how to, how to spell way W A I, but some people spell it W E I. You're not going to correct it for me simply because I. Uh, it might not be how you'd like to spell it. It's a name. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, we have no time to waste. All we right, got, we got so much. Well, before Let's get into it, well, I want to go through some news first because uh, we should talk about this Jonathan Coachman story because I feel it's going to be. Oh, actually, I don't know about that. What's the, what's the story there? So on Monday, uh, the Boston Globe reported that a former ESPN staffer by the name of uh, Adrian Lawrence uh, filed a lawsuit. Uh, alleging sexual harassment and discrimination, uh, sexual discrimination and harassment during her time at ESPN. She's no longer there. And she has cited numerous allegations and included in the suit is allegations against Jonathan Coachman, which I can read here, that on or around January 18th of 2016, Sports Sports Center anchor Jonathan Coachman emailed Miss Lawrence offering to bri- provide her with mentorship and provide his cell phone number. When he contacted her via text, he quickly turned a professional conversation into a personal matter, asking her about her musical interests. He was employing the ESPN Predators playbook, which is referenced here. Colleagues then cautioned Miss Lawrence that Coachman was notorious for sexually harassing female employees. After learning that, Miss Lawrence made an effort to communicate to Coachman that she had a boyfriend, after which she did not hear from him again, and he made no offers of mentorship. Goes on to say, Coachman's reputation for making unwelcome sexual advances toward women and engaging in other sexually harassing behavior was not a secret. Carrie Chow had warned Miss Lawrence about him when he gave the short list of men at ESPN who were notorious for sexual harassment. Coachman had sent Walsh inappropriate photos of himself and text messages falsely telling her colleagues that they were romantically involved and that she wanted him. Another common practice of men at ESPN. Now, ESPN has come out with a statement stating that they conducted a thorough investigation of all these claims that Lawrence had made and said they're all without merit and that they were uh, they will vigorously defend its position. We are confident we will prevail in court. Now, myself, uh, I reached out both to WWE and Coachman directly for a statement. So if we get any uh, response on Tuesday or whatnot, we will certainly post that. But I feel that'll probably be um, uh, given the fact that this was... Um, pretty heavily covered on Monday night. This will probably be uh, noteworthy uh, throughout the week. And if yeah. there's any response from Coachman. What time did it come out? It, I saw it like right at the beginning of Raw. So it must have been just before that. So how much do you think Coachman was aware uh, during the broadcast? I don't know. I wouldn't know. Man, I'm sure his phone would have been blowing up during the show. Well, I'm, I'm sure it would be. Wow. And I don't know if they'll just defer to ESPN and their statement that they did their own internal investigation or mm. or what it will be that's that's kind of just speculating what they would do but um i'm sure they might address it in some sort at least the WWE i would assume puts out a statement yeah i guess so anyway huh. uh what else was going on today i feel like my head is just spinning from uh all the uh the news today way right down to hillbilly jim going into the hall of fame oh the biggest news of all. Oh, that that was a that was a huge one today. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Did you have a good weekend? I, I, yeah, it was fine. I'm remiss if I don't ask yeah, how your weekend was. You don't have was. to ask me. Did you it's see fine. any movies? Nope. No, did you have? You know what I did on Friday night? I went to a birthday party. Yeah. And my friend had a group of us go to an escape room. Have you ever been to one of these? I have. I've never done one of these in my life. It was kind of fun. I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. Did you guys escape? We escaped with. 
I want to say like a minute 20 left. It was right down to the wire. Wow. It was very intense. The first room cool. took us 35 minutes to get out of. Oh, wow. One guy locked in a jail. The other was like handcuffed. It was. Well, yeah. Yeah. We yes. were in the Uso Penitentiary. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, no, I, I haven't done one in a long time. So that sounds fun, John. Nice. What yeah. else did you do? Uh, had a very long weekend. Yeah. Yes. Watched the UFC very late on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Did you see any UFC or did you hear about any of it? No, this uh, one wasn't on your radar. It was no. a good show. I'll bet. You listened to my rundown, of course. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. What did you think of uh, Brian Ortega's win? Oh, spectacular. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's get into Raw from Monday night. Mm-hmm. Taking place from the BMO Harris Bradley Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's a mouthful. As one fan had a sign, Milwaukee. E with Elias. Yes. Kind of clever. Would have stolen that if we still named these episodes. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle started the show. And he came out and he said something we haven't heard in a year. Let me get serious here for a second. I was all ears. Please, Kurt. By all means. He said he said to swallow his pride numerous times over the past year. But last week it went too far. And he was getting a lot of the what chance here. But he kept going calls out Triple H over that sucker punch from last week to face him like a man. But instead, out came Stephanie. And she said that Hunter isn't even here yet. And Stephanie goes, how many kids do you have? You have four kids? He goes, I have five. I, I love the fact that she had the number wrong. I thought that was just a subtle little... Stephanie doesn't even care. And then she says, you're remarried, right? Boy, that alimony's got to be steep. And she mm-hmm. she runs down his accolades as an Olympic gold medalist, but asks, are those really paying the bills? No, being a raw GM is paying the bills. And Hunter was provoked by Angle, who almost ruined the contract signing. And now everyone's on the same page. First of all, before we get into the next part of the promo, mm-hmm. we've seen this before with the Stephanie character of these people who are just so thankful to have jobs. Because God forbid, if they didn't, they'd be out on the street, broke and poor. Uh, what did you think of the beginning here? And a more serious Kurt, by the way, on at least in this opening well, segment. Oh, yeah, the man was just punched on national TV. In fairness, so was his son, and he was too in months prior, and he's kind of just swallowed it up until now. Wait a second. So Kurt has five kids, not including Jason Jordan. That's that's a great point here. What yeah. is let me, let's get the uh, I am not up to date He's on all of Kurt's children. His new uh, with his current wife. I would Believe love it. if he included five, and the fifth was uh, okay. Well, well, tell me your thoughts about the promo here while well, I'm looking up. I mean, I, I mean, I think Steph does a great job. Um, belittling Kurt in this case, I wouldn't even consider it belittling because this is the uh, you know no pun intended angle. Like it's, it's getting heat and it's setting up the comeback from Kurt Angle. And I, I've had no issues with this at all. I thought Steph did a great job. He has five kids without counting Jason Jordan. Oh, so even Kurt forgot. The heel turn now has begun. <laughs> He's been disowned on television. Yeah. Uh, so then Ronda Rousey interrupts. Graves refers to Coachman. By the way, Ronda's going to be on every episode of Ronda. Yes, that was uh, one of the many news items of the day. She's mm-hmm. going to be on every week leading into WrestleMania. Do you like that idea? I do. I think especially if your aim is to try to sell her as somebody who's you know not going to be Brock Lesnar. 
Um, and that seems to be their, their mission, to try to babyface her that way. I think you have to have her at least appear on every edition of Raw, if not even some health shows. Just just get the word out there that Ronda's doing everything. It almost makes you think that they're they're going to end up touching before WrestleMania. <laughs> but they should hold off on that, well, I think. Yeah. Ronda interrupts, gets a good reaction here. Graves refers to Coachman as a pseudo-journalist. And Coachman is so offended and said, do not call me a journalist. <laughs> Done. Yeah. He says that the people, uh, she says that the people that brought her here are not who she thought they were. And she's dealt with bullies as bosses before. Stephanie repeats that they are giving her debut match for her at WrestleMania. Rhonda thanks her for this, but also notes in the contract she gets to pick her opponent. Yeah. That's quite the the clause in the contract. Hmm. And Stephanie states the fact that she can pick anyone, but it can't be a champion. It has to be a member of the active roster. So Stephanie starts a drum roll for the reveal, and Rhonda kind of had the timing off here because I don't know if the audience fully heard it because Stephanie's like busy trying to get this drum roll started yeah. and Rhonda just goes, you. Stephanie asked for a drum roll, I think just, just you know, just to, uh, just to ask for one. And the audience actually obliged mm-hmm. and they actually like made a drum roll sound. And then now WWE production in the back decided, hey, I'm going to one-up this even more. And they actually found a drum roll sound to play and in the midst of this drum roll sound playing on the speaker, I didn't even notice. Rhonda did the reveal, saying you, and it totally got lost, unfortunately. Um, and you know, you chalk it up to like maybe lack of experience or just miscommunication overall. But the crowd got it by the end. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah, it's she's got a long way to go from. How about one more WrestleMania with The Rock versus you? She'll get there, sir. How you milk something? <laughs> way you really. Make, give some punch to it. Stephanie, uh, before she can even answer here, Triple H enters, and he tells Kurt to start doing his job. Stephanie is an executive. But Kurt Angle rightly points out, this is an actual, factual, actual and factual way, okay. that Stephanie has two contracts, as an executive and it as is, this is fact. a performer. Oh, Both wow. her and Hunter have talent contracts. Oh. Stephanie's is up in 2019. Talent could also mean just, you know, strictly cutting promos, playing an on-air GM type of thing. Not necessarily wrestling. Yeah, but she derives a salary from just the strict on-screen role. Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with her executive role. It's two separate uh, contracts. What what is her current executive role? Any idea? She is the chief brand officer. Oh, she's still that. Yes. And (laughs) could you find a better chief brand officer to put smiles on people's faces in this road to WrestleMania to create moments, (laughs) be a star. So it is brought up the fact that Stephanie has a talent contract. Stephanie didn't realize this. So the match is made. But Kurt brings up the fact that, hey, Hunter, you also have a second contract. And I warned you after Survivor Series that if you came after me again, I would retaliate. And he makes it a mixed tag match. The yeah. ultimate mixed match challenge mm-hmm. will culminate with these two uh, teams at WrestleMania uh, in your big match. Uh, what did you think of just the setup of this? Well, um, you know, some maybe some miscues aside, I thought overall this went really well. I, I thought it was entertaining throughout. I thought 
Ronda did a good job. I thought Stefan Hunter, as usual, did a good job. I think Kurt even did a good job. Uh, crowd went nuts for the announcement. And, um, you know, I think Ronda has, like, a great intense stare about her that she's managed to, yeah, just perform on command. And uh, I think she did a great job. And overall, I thought the announcement came across really well. I think if this was the end of the segment, I would be closer to you. Mm -hmm. But it went on for another five minutes. Triple H goes to leave and Angle attacks him, going for the ankle lock. And he's uh, Kurt's kicked into the corner. The two men that were involved in opposite championship matches at WrestleMania 20, here interacting, going into WrestleMania 34. Oh. And then Ronda is standing there and Stephanie comes from behind with this forearm to nail Ronda. And Ronda just stares her down. Hunter goes for a pedigree and Angle counters it back into the ankle lock. Stephanie pulls Hunter to the floor and then Rousey grabs Stephanie by the hair, pulls her in and hits her with this Samoan drop. Mm -hmm. I think we were all holding our breath as she was hitting this. I thought there was way too much here. I agree. I thought they went overboard with the physical stuff, especially with Ronda and Steph. I mean, the Kurt Triple H stuff, I didn't have such an issue with. We've, you know, they're wrestlers. We've seen them attack each other before, but the first time... Ronda's first move, yeah. getting her hands on Stephanie. Mm -hmm. I mean, so much here that you just... But remember, we have, like, what, five, six weeks? Exactly. Go? I mean, that's a lot of time to fill without these two touching. Tonight, right? though, it's like, you got the match announcement. Like, that, to me, was True. enough. Like, what did this do more of you're right, for you? You're right, you're right. But uh, my assumption is that, you know, if the worry is that you've extinguished the heat here, I mean, Steph and Triple H will, will get the upper hand uh, some other time, some other way in the coming weeks ahead. Yes. Um, I, I, I feel like by the end, um, maybe they could have done without uh, the Samoan drop. By the way, why a Samoan drop for Ronda Rousey? I don't know. Nia did it later in the show, too, so it's not like it's exclusive to Ronda, either. Perhaps it's safer to take than, like, an actual judo throw from Ronda. I'd much rather her do that than some TKO or something. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, by the end of it, this certainly did feel like a WrestleMania-worthy feud. Yeah, yeah. I thought Kurt was much better this week. Um, yeah, I th he had a lot of stumbles at the, at the top, too. Yeah. Stephanie, man. Oh, is that what you, you yeah. called her? Stephanie Mann? Yeah. No, I thought that was actually you reflecting on Stephanie's promo. No, Stephanie, Stephanie Mann. Man, the hell. Um, yeah, it set it up. I, I I, don't know. I I didn't love this. I, I thought it was... You got the match announcement. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see what it, what is planned here. I really want to see kind of Kurt kind of presented as this Olympic gold medalist that now that I look back at it, do you kind of regret the fact that he was just thrown into that TLC match? Like, I feel this would feel a lot bigger if this was the first match back. And for a year, he's been in this GM role. Um, like, that TLC thing was cool for that weekend. But it led nowhere. I think the the draw of Ronda's first match is enough to kind of hook people. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you have to remember that TLC match was a match that really needed Kurt Angle. You know? They were definitely desperate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like that was the only match. He did he did the Survivor, Survivor series, series as well. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there was... Yeah. Anyway, so that is that is it. Do you feel this will be the match that goes on last? No, what? I don't think so. I, I mean, mean... 
Uh, a mixed tag match going on last. I certainly think it'll be one of the matches with the most interest, you know. Uh, will it go on last? I personally don't see it. I, I think that spot will be... Lesnar and Reigns? Yeah, I do. I am curious how long Lesnar and Reigns goes. Yeah, although, like, um, now you can actually make a case with for a number of matches going on last, you know? I mean, not knowing kind of what the... How the crowd... Like, if you don't want the crowd... If you're risking the crowd shitting on both participants in that Brock and, and Reigns match, you have a real strong case for putting AJ Nakamura on last. That would probably be my pick. Um, Cena-Taker, maybe. But, I mean, after seeing Taker perform last year, I don't... I wouldn't want to see Taker in that spot. I like AJ Nakamura going on last. It's very, it's very possible. After that long of a show, those would be the guys I'd be most confident that could yeah. follow that show and go 30. But this mixed tag match, to me, feels a bit more kind of uh, gimmicky, if you know what I mean, rather than uh, something that should be, uh, that feels like a real main event, uh, end of a big feud, somebody wins a championship at the end of it type of match. Well, it's going to be heavily laid out. I think Kurt will look very good in this match. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I think so too. I yeah. think I, I think just even seeing the little bit we saw of Triple H and, and Angle here. I'm looking forward those, to those Kurt two, and Hunter seeing great. what they do. Yeah, th- these many years mm-hmm. uh, past their their time how about, feuding together. How about Asuka and Charlotte? Any chance that that, that might go on? I can't see that. Not really a last. big enough match. Yeah. No. Yeah. Speaking of which, we go to Asuka Nia Jax, week two. Uh, Jax dominated her at the start and Charlie interviews Alexa in the back during the match and says that Jax needs to win tonight. Uh, and she thinks that Oscar looks worried and she got lucky at elimination chamber and tonight Jax might end Oscar's career. Crowd was quiet for this at the start mm. while Naya had the heat. Oscar locked on an arm bar and then Jax lifts her up and hit a reverse splash mountain to go to the break. Comes back. Oscar gets lifted and takes a Samoan drop. And then Asuka gets her foot on the rope. There's a military press that the audience was very impressed by with how high mm-hmm. Nia lifted her. Asuka then catches her with an armbar, turns it into a triangle, and Nia lifts her up to slam her out, which is the token WWE spot to break this. And I like the fact that they, it just got tighter as she yes. tried to slam her way out. Yeah. Which is typically what's going to happen if you try this. Mm-hmm. It has, like, I mean... Um... What was the what's the famous one? Carlos Ram- Rampage and Ricardo Arona. But uh, Matt Hughes and Carlos. Oh, Newton and too, Carlos right? Newton, where he goes out. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, it can happen. Yeah. But more often than not, if you power bomb somebody who's got you in a triangle, they're not letting go of that triangle. Yeah. And this was the case here. I thought it was a really nice sequence. Oscar just locks it on tighter. Nia lifts her, tries to break it, going into the turnbuckle, bounces Oscar off the top rope, and then she flips into the back into the armbar, and Jax finally taps out. And they cut to Alexa Bliss, who had this look of fear on her face. And Jax remained in the ring afterwards for the babyface cheering spot, which mm-hmm. I don't know how many members of the audience got the memo here. It was it was like a polite no, golf clap. It was a good reaction. Like by eh. the time it focused, by the end of the show, you got the clear indication that hey, I feel bad for this person. Listen, this is this is a segment. We'll yeah. we'll talk about her involvement later. <laughs> okay. But this um yeah, I thought it was it was like a polite reaction. I felt the audience was like, "We know what we're supposed Nia to do Jax here," but isn't it, Eddie Guerrero, okay? No one's gonna just. But that's up. the role she was put in here. Well, I, I think the goal is to give you the indication, indication that she's about to turn babyface. Well, and and I thought they they managed to do that. I thought it was a good match. You know, I thought one of it, again, like I think Nia's done 
grown leaps and bounds as a as a monster in the division. And unfortunately, I mean, maybe the biggest criticism for the match is that you had Asuka basically completely change her character from where what she was in NXT. In NXT, she was the monster. She was Nia Jax. Here, she just escapes by the skin of her teeth. Here, she's a total underdog. She's no longer a killer. She's you know the underdog who has heart and refuses to get up, give up. But this is like if the one two three kid was given Goldberg's streak. Yeah, but you can make the argument that hey, like, oh, but you can't. I would say that for for the men, you could make an argument that okay, in NXT somebody could seem like a monster, but on the main roster they might be undersized. But Oscar's dealing with the same talent that that she dealt with in NXT. Either way, she got a legitimate win in the end, though. She made Nia tap out, and I thought she still looked strong coming out of this. Um, and you know, I thought, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a good match. This year at WrestleMania, America, the beautiful will be sung by Chloe and Hallie. Are you familiar? I am not. Protégés of Beyonce. Yep. That's enough to sell me. Sure. They're like, yeah, we couldn't get Beyonce. We got her protégés. We got Chloe. Not many people can get Beyonce, to be honest, though. Yeah. They've never, uh, yeah, Beyonce's never done a... She'll do a, a WWE appearance that I can think Super of. Bowl, maybe. Yeah, this is. We this. had like probably Michelle. Who's Michelle like from? Destiny's oh, from Child. Destiny's Child. We, we can't even get Kelly. Like we we only had Michelle for WrestleMania, <laughs> the third member of Destiny's Child. That was always the joke when they broke up. It turned out Destiny's only child was <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> Cesaro and Sheamus took on the revival non-title match. This was set up on Twitter with the Revival pointing out the bar has not beaten them yet. After the break, Cesaro and Sheamus double-teamed Dawson. He traded slaps with Sheamus. They did the Hercules-Paul-Roma superplex-splash combination. This was one of my favorite double-team tag spots mm. when I was a kid, when Power and Glory would do this, the superplex and then the splash. I just thought it was so cool. And we saw it brought back here from Sheamus and Cesaro. Mm. They should do it this would make sense for the Revival to do. Moves like that. Just pull out, like, old-school moves from, like, well, they, teams of the past. They don't respect that that era. They oh, have to go okay. even further back. Right, yes. None of these high spots. Sheamus returns, takes out Wilder. This allows Cesaro to recover, hitting the neutralizer to pin Scott Dawson. Uh, the neutralizer, bit of a tribute to Carl Gotch ahead of New Japan's anniversary coming up in a few hours, which he headlined the first event. Oh, I didn't realize Yes, that. with Anoki. Okay. So that was the the, yeah. the subtlety here by Cesaro. Sure. So the bar wins. And oh, I, you could bet Cesaro will be watching that show. He watches all the New Japan shows. I I'm bet. sure. Maybe he'll stay up for it. Yeah, maybe. Are you? Uh, I think I'll have to. Yeah, by the time I finish the show, like it'll be like three at least. So. Oh boy. Yeah, I'll be up. I won't be. I'll be. I'll be watching <laughs> we'll it. Watch it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And we will have a review, everyone. We'll yep. we'll go over all of this because once again, I forgot to plug all the stuff. Oh, start. Uh, no, don't worry. Maybe, we'll do that. Maybe the I'll end. do that next time. But uh, yeah, for our Patreon Patreon patrons, we will have a special bonus show reviewing the New Japan Pro Wrestling Anniversary Show up gonna, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday probably afternoon. shortly after yeah. you're listening to this. Uh, Revival versus the Bar. I, I mean, I thought the match was fine, technically sound, but I think. They needed maybe a promo beforehand or something to convey. The there was a tweet. Yeah, that was it. And for the live crowd... <laughs> what more can you ask for? For the live crowd, it certainly wasn't enough to explain the stakes involved in this match. So, I mean, I don't think many people live connected with it. I personally didn't really connect, it, connect with it all that much either. 
So the idea is the bar has run through everybody, yeah. which suggests that there's either a call-up or a surprise team coming back. Who can they call up? Like, the authors of Pain aren't going to get a WrestleMania match. I, I hate the idea of call-ups before WrestleMania. I yeah. think it's a bad idea. Nobody will, will know them. There's the option of the Hardys. I guess you could do that. But True. it's a real detour for Matt to be going They've from... They've already beaten the Hardys, though, haven't they? Haven't Cesaro and Sheamus already beaten them? Not as broken, Matt, and... <laughs> Brother Nero. Well, Matt Hardy's busy at Mania. We'll get to that. Okay. Um, we will stay on course here. We had this weird trailer for this movie called The Strangers Pray at Night. And the film was mixed with WWE footage, which would make you very confused if you were going to watch this movie based off this trailer. That half the shit in this trailer is not in the movie. We had The Undertaker in it, Kane, The Wyatts. What was this? Was this their idea of product integration? <laughs> the Strangers Pray at Night. I did not want to see this afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It's a way to make you sit through a trailer that you wouldn't. Oh, it's funny because I thought I was fast forwarding through this. And then I saw Bray Wyatt. I'm like, is Bray Wyatt in a movie that I'm just not aware of? Yeah. Did I miss his hiatus? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to miss the hiatus. It's like, did he go off and film a movie? John Cena comes out. This man's been on WWE programming since June of 2002. Mm-hmm. This might have been one of the roughest 15 minutes he has endured. This was a rough one, yes. yes. And I would not have predicted it if you told me off the top what they were going to do. Like, on paper, I would yeah. be like... Makes sense. Dustin's going to knock this out of the park. Mm-hmm. Cena comes out and plugs the six-way at Fastlane. Why this isn't happening on SmackDown, you ask? Well, he wants to say those exact words, and on SmackDown, he'd be interrupted. <laughs> so this man got into a car and drove to Milwaukee so he couldn't be interrupted. If you watch, but if you watch SmackDown or W or, or Raw, like it makes total sense. Trust me, after this whole segment, no one's ever interrupting this guy again. Yeah, he got, he did get interrupted though here. He didn't. Well, so weird that. Like, he was always advertised for Fastlane. He was always working that show. But he's booked for all the episodes of Raw. He's not advertised for SmackDown Tuesday night, which I guess he could always show up on Tuesday. Mm. But it was strange this week that he's on Raw. I I have to imagine he'll be at SmackDown. I have to imagine that he would. Well, then they should advertise him. Maybe they just... I mean, this Cena thing was a last-minute thing, though, wasn't it? He was always programmed for Fastlane. Like, he was always listed... As on that show, right, right. whether it was for the six pack or for something else, he was always hmm. scheduled to work that show. My assumption is that he probably won't be on SmackDown after Fastlane. Yeah, I would imagine because he is listed for all the Raws, and yeah. that's where you would assume the Taker program is going to take place from. Mm-hmm. So he says Kurt has granted him this time to speak because even Kurt recognizes the importance of Fastlane. As a man that's gone to the Olympics, he knows the importance of Fastlane. <laughs> He's the only free agent in WWE. He doesn't take that for granted and states the fact that this would be interrupted by someone on SmackDown if he were doing it there. <laughs> so he announces that he's going to break a record this Sunday. He's going to win the title for the 17th time. It will happen. He has been criticized for holding people back. He says he was given a chance and earned his opportunity when he beat AJ Styles last week. He will never hold anyone back. And he challenges AJ to create an even bigger moment at WrestleMania by exercising his rematch clause and making it a three-way with Cena, Styles, and Nakamura at WrestleMania. So they're working overtime to try and create a 
the illusion of an alternate Cena match at WrestleMania. I, I mean, I give him credit for doing that, for taking the amount of uh, effort to uh, throw a red herring like that out there to make you believe that, hey, there's a real chance I could win this because you'll still get your Cena-Nakamura match. It's just that I'll be in it. I'm definitely not going to wrestle The Undertaker. That's completely out of the question. He should have even like throw, threw in something about Ray then, you know, maybe at some point. Yeah, get better. Hope your arm's okay. Sure. Gold Dust interrupts him. He quotes On the Waterfront from 1954 and calls Cena the leading man who has a dream of going to, and Goldust has a dream of going to WrestleMania, and that starts with him stopping Cena's path to WrestleMania. They were able to find the one less believable story than John Cena not having a spot at WrestleMania. It's okay. not having a spot at WrestleMania on Goldust's account. So explain that to me. If he beat John here, apparently he'd die. He couldn't do the six-pack challenge. He couldn't go to WrestleMania. Goldust says his dream is to have a match with Russell, uh, John Cena at WrestleMania. And to do that, his first step is to make sure John Cena doesn't go to WrestleMania. See, I didn't get any of this. What I got was he was somehow going to beat John tonight, and that was somehow going to end his career. It's open to interpretation. Oh, my God. <laughs> All his dreams have been taken away and turned gray and evil. That ends today. I had no idea what Goldust was talking about here. Neither I mean, did Corey Graves. The man was just like speaking in circles. I don't know what was uh, told for him to go. He, I mean, Goldust usually does great. You know, he, he's usually when he fantastic. walked out. I was like, "This yeah. is going to be great. Mm -hmm. He's going to cut a great promo, and they're going to have a pretty fun television match." Like yeah. I was looking forward to seeing the singles match. Goldust Cena, not so, like they said something you've never seen before, and uh, you know something that would be perfect to give away on, on TV. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Easy win for Cena, yeah. and you could have something competitive on TV. But instead, we got this. He's going to become Cena's director for this epic motion picture. And this epic motion picture quickly won a Razzie Award in which the record Rock, time. Which The Rock accepted. Which The Rock won an award on behalf of Baywatch yeah. for and filmed his acceptance speech. Yeah. It's really hard to yeah, hate on that guy. It's a good sport, yeah. Do you know how much money that fucking movie made? I was looking oh. when I was writing that today. I looked up the Razzie Awards and all the movies that were nominated. Mm -hmm. Only one of them lost money. Like all these films did tremendous. So you know what? Attach my name to the Emoji movie. Yeah. These <laughs> things did huge. Yeah. So it does not clearly account for good taste. I feel like in some way, like the Razzies are almost, they would almost breathe a, a second life to movies like those. Because like who, who hasn't been, you know, at home on a Friday night wanting to watch a shitty movie? Once in a while. Didn't Tom Green actually go oh, yeah. to the ceremony to yeah. accept his award? Yeah, that was his claim to fame. The best are the people that can own it and, and Fred, not take themselves Fred, seriously. Freddy Got Fingered has become a like somewhat of a cult classic for exactly how bad it was. And, and asking the question, did he intentionally make this really bad movie just to piss all, away all this money? Was this his ultimate joke? It's, you know, there's something to be said about... Like, we have... Like, we have guys doing podcasts dedicated to the year 2000 of WCW. So maybe WCW intended it to be that bad. If there were, I mean, I guess there are Razzies in wrestling. That's like, that's the, it's called the, 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 the our worst of a show. Yeah. yeah that too. The, 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 <laughs> wrestle crap. Yeah. Well, maybe this will come up at the end of the year. 
John Cena versus Goldust. The match began during the break. Fortunately, it didn't end during the break. Goldust is in control. He hit a power slam for a two count. Cena went for something. I don't want to call it a Cobra clutch because it's an insult to Cobras and clutches anywhere. He ends up taking a low blow from Goldust. The audience did not react at all. Cena made his comeback. Five knuckle shuffle, AA for the win. So, Awful. So, uh, yeah, for a first time ever John Cena Goldust match, I mean, consider me disappointed. Oh, you know? really disappointed? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. I, th- I also found it weird that Goldust, I suppose because he's playing heel, felt the need to do a lot more of the homoerotic stuff that he that he used to do in the 90s. Like, stuff like feeling Cena up before doing the breathing thing. Uh, all that just kind of felt like it came back out of nowhere for Goldust. So, it was uh, definitely a bit of a strange Goldust performance overall this evening. And unfortunate, because this was arguably one of his bigger matches in his Oh, this run. was like his biggest anything he's done in forever Mm -hmm. so yeah massive disappointment and just a really bad segment i thought kurt angle meets with elias tonight elias has a symphony of violence match with braun Strowman. elias feels music should bring people together not tear them apart angle is not going to cancel the match and tells elias that whatever happens to braun is on him and you can't run away like last week because it's falls count anywhere Hillbilly Jim, Hall of Fame induction video. I swear to God, when I saw this announcement, I thought this was a mistake. It's like, this guy had to have been inducted years ago. Yeah, yeah. I thought for sure this guy was in. Hmm. And I tweeted this out, and apparently the entire world agreed with me. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we thinking of? Who are we mistaking him for? Because... I'm not mistaking him for anyone. I yeah. just assume, like, he's inducted people before, but he's just one of those guys you just assume was in one of those maybe, years. Maybe I'm thinking, like, Big John Stud. In 2004, WrestleMania 20 weekend. Mm -hmm. But somehow, Hillbilly Jim, which I guarantee you they brought up and said, God damn, he's not in. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) book him in. I thought he was in. Get that that naked Vinius. Vinius Godwin. Pig. Hog and pig. I'm sure Hillbilly Jim's been waiting by the phone all these years. How come all my friends are in but not me? Does he still do his serious show? Do you have any idea? clue i didn't know he had one he he was doing one for years he was doing a four-hour block on saturdays and sundays and i don't know if he still does it or not but he was doing it for a long time i am glad he's finally in there yes the former harley davidson that was his name in memphis really yeah okay didn't merchandise too well (laughs) they didn't bring that one to new york was his gimmick anything other than a a motorcycle rider that was about it okay (laughs) it was very great if he was one-dimensional it'd be great if she was like a chef his name is Harley Davidson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, but very popular character at a very popular time period, featured on the cartoon. Yes, yes. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're not w- a fan. It wasn't my time, really. Oh. It wasn't my time. With Hillbilly Jim? Yeah. Quite the eclectic class they do have this year. Bill Goldberg, Hillbilly Jim. They're usually quite eclectic. And Ivory. Mm-hmm. Imagine those three in the green room. No uh, celebrity inductee yet. Not yet. Not yet. Mm. It's getting to be a pretty big class. Yeah, well, not as big as two thousand four, though. No, that was that was a massive year. That was five hour huge. ceremony as well. As we will discuss this week on WrestleMania twenty, our rewind away choice this week. Yes, I think that's going to be a very long show. That's mm. my guess. It's taken me like three sittings. Three I to, three to four sittings. I started it last week yeah. and I. 
powered through it this weekend because wow. I knew I'd have no time this week to watch it. I so I have two more matches. I have finished. Kane it. and Undertaker awaits. I'm not gonna say anything. Okay. Uh, Kurt Angle. That was oh that was that segment. Bailey comes out. She's interviewed by Charlie about leaving Sasha last week hanging. She says the Rumble and Elimination Chamber were every woman for herself, but what Sasha did was hard for her. Huh? She Whoa. just explained it's every woman for herself. Yeah, but Sasha kicked her as she was climbing. Well, it can't be every woman for yourself without any physical contact. Mm, I mean, that's true. That's true. She had to win. Sasha made some really mean faces, though. Yeah, now they're battling over who's less of a loser. Absolution interrupted, and Paige congratulates her for finally growing a backbone. But you are still a stupid little kid. There's strength in numbers, and you pushed away the only person close to you. And Bailey has no one. Therefore, she has nothing. Uh, let me just say, I, I I feel like this is like the first time in a while that we've heard Paige cut a promo. And I really missed her promos. I I still think she is uh, the, maybe the strongest uh, female promo, maybe outside of Stephanie, uh, on the show, on Raw. And I thought she was awesome here. So I hope that they just have her speak more. She's not wrestling. It definitely helps Mandy and Sonya because yeah. they won't let those two speak. Mandy Rose took on Bailey, and Rose bailed to the floor early on. We went through a break. Bailey is kicking away, kicking her away from the rope. Snaps Rose's neck on the second rope. I thought Rose is selling in this match look very weak. Deville got on the apron and attempted to distract Bailey. Knocks Deville off, and then Rose goes for a roll up. It's reversed. Bailey pins her, and then Rose and Deville jump Bailey. Sasha runs down to tackle Deville. Nails Rose with a kick. And offers Bailey a hug, but Bailey shoves her away and walks off. She won't hug Sasha. Nope. So now now Bailey's upset. Of course Bailey would be upset. Sasha comes out and they start playing her music to close the segment. Come on. If you feel bad for me, you should get them to play my music. If you ever kicked me in a match where the one of us was going to go to challenge for a championship... And then a week later, you just tried to hug me. I'd do the same thing as Bailey. Yeah. Completely sympathetic with her actions. Yeah, the match itself, uh, the crowd really wasn't there for. Um... I'm not going to blame this crowd. This is a very dull crowd throughout most of this show. Yep. But I thought it was a pretty dull show overall. Yeah. I think you had two segments that. to bookend the show, and that was about it. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I feel like they are putting this Sasha Bailey feud in the right direction. Yes. And uh, then we go to a recap of Asuka's win over Nia Jax. I lied. There were three great segments on this show. Because then we go to the trainer's room. And there is Nia with just a look of defeat on her face. Alexa Bliss and Mickey walk in. And Mickey's entire accomplishment tonight was standing there and being told by Alexa, I've got this. And Mickey left. Her entire day was built around this. She's walking dressed, off camera. She's dressed in black now, though. She's a bad guy. Oh. Uh. Yeah, that's what's happening. Do you really think that there's she's even gonna turn? I don't know. Mickey? Yeah, I think she's just. Gonna I think she's like, turned, and that's it. I don't think there's gonna be oh, any. Oh, sorry. I mean, turn on Alexa. Like, I think she's yeah. just a heel. Yeah, I think she's yeah. just gonna be there. There's nothing like that. Was like the weakest explanation for a heel turn since like anything the Big Show's done. It seems like we're moving on. Yeah. So she's just there. Yeah. Bliss sits down, 
And she reminds Nia she has now lost twice to Asuka. She isn't going to WrestleMania. I know you're so disappointed in yourself. I've never seen you give up like that. It must be so embarrassing. I don't want you to feel like you let yourself or your family down. And next year you're going to be on that WrestleMania card. And she knows that Nia's been an outcast her entire life because of her size. She's been bullied. Even now I see how people look at you at the airport. Nia is crying. And says, Alexa says, You can't let this be your downfall or everyone will lose respect for you. And there's this close-up of Nia. Tears coming down. This was the performance of Nia Jax's career and she didn't say a damn word. And Alexa was phenomenal here. This was excellent. Some impressive method acting some going on here. This was great. Nia. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I could almost taste the tears. The camera was so close. There was right a he- heavy salt quotient in this yeah. segment. I like this a lot. Yeah. I, w- I would say that <laughs> they're doing better with Nia Jax and Alexa than they are with Asuka at the moment. Mm, yeah, I guess we haven't really Asuka, start- we, started that yet. Asuka hasn't really locked in her WrestleMania match yet where... But I think they've got some work ahead of themselves with Asuka. With Asuka, though, you're not going to tell a story like this. You're not going to get either Asuka or Charlotte to cry and command. It's That one's more about the streak, right? And more about Charlotte attempting to break that streak, I assume. Yeah, streak versus streak. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah that, that <laughs> yeah, ended know, last year. Could you imagine? Like, what what has been such a, a necessary loss for Charlotte over the past well, year on pay-per-view? Did she lose at, at Mania? She did because Bailey, ba- Bailey had, like what a stupid title reign that Bailey no, one was no, a year no. ago in hindsight. Thing is though, okay, so could she have escaped WrestleMania without losing? Could she have spent from WrestleMania up until now without losing a, a pay per view match? I mean, on SmackDown, of course, really, she could. She, I don't of know, course, I don't know if she's lost on on a pay per view since she's been been on SmackDown. She she lost quite a lot last year, but they were all didn't like, need to. It's not like this woman. Yeah. With this undefeated streak just fell out of the sky. Yeah, yeah. You knew she was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it's logical that you would think that this is how we should end the streak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And whether that's uh, hurrying up Asuka's call up, I just think it was such a lost opportunity. And I could at least reconcile it if they had some kind of idea for Charlotte's den. Mm-hmm. It was a nothing end to this 15 month storyline yeah. that they kind of just lucked into that suddenly she had a streak. Mm, absolutely. Anyway, um, to be honest, like if you had streak versus streak, I think that could main event. I think it would be a really big match at WrestleMania. And I think that now it's, it's a match at WrestleMania, but I don't know if it's even one of the, your, your top mm. five, for mm. instance, they mentioned Ronda Rousey being inducted over the weekend into the international sports hall of fame in Columbus, Ohio, along with her mother. They didn't mention Boss Rutten was also part of the class. And then we have a bronze selfie promo. Sweating bullets, symphony of destruction, not finished with you yet. These hands count down to your extinction. He's the only guy who still does these. He might be the one that takes this uh, and just runs with it. The selfie promos, they've definitely cooled down. Yeah, they're still all over the uh, Mixed Match Challenge, though. Oh, well, that's your burden. Elias is playing a piano at the entrance. He is living amongst the dead. He states he loves symphonies. They're sophisticated, unlike this uncultured scumbag town. And he's mastered many instruments as he goes to play the drums. 
Then he starts playing the guitar, says the city sucks, and then has the lights turned out for him to be introduced by Jojo. But when the lights come on, he's running through the crowd to escape the arena and get away from Braun. He gets into his car and we had our multi-camera segment here, a WWE specialty that you never know you miss until you see one of these. And Elias goes to put his car into drive, but he won't go. And the announcers think it's in neutral, but no, it's revealed that Braun has lifted the back of the car. Yeah. Now I've never, I haven't done this recently where I've lifted the back of someone's car and they've gone to drive. Would the, would, would your wheels just spin even like the, would the front not have enough? I guess Braun is so powerful that he would mitigate this, but if your back tires were up. Yeah. The front, I mean, it's. Would the front not carry? And, and drive forward? He was driving a, a, a two-wheel drive car, I assume. No. Not a four-wheel drive. This was not a, an SUV. That's a pretty shitty rental car. Clearly, he needs this job, just like Kurt, then. If this is the best he can do for a rental. Your car is probably two-wheel drive. No way. I'm I'm brawn protected. Most car, I would say most cars are two-wheel drive. Okay, well, that's what unless, I'm asking. I'm not, I'm not a, an expert on, on how this works. <laughs> I just wanted to look at the physics of this angle. I think this was legit. Okay. Uh, so, oh, one of my highlights of the show was as Elias runs into the arena, Braun sprints after him and like, it looked like there was snow coming down and I don't know if there was like an icy patch, but I thought Braun was going to tear his ACL chasing after Elias here. Doing some of these stunts, lifting pianos. I mean, I, I, they're really kind of, it's amazing. He only had that one injury last year, given the size of this guy and what he does that Uh, he hasn't torn more stuff. Him or Elias. Yeah. In this match. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so he chases him into the arena, and we begin the Symphony of Destruction match, which was the backdrop for Corey Graves to list off as many Megadeth songs as he could. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. With the exception of um, that Bill Goldberg theme that they tried for a while. Hmm. Elias avoids a power slam, clipping the knee of Braun, and then delivers a guitar shot to the back of Braun. They... Go up the ramp. Braun clears the announcer's desk, and Elias avoids another power slam by raking the eyes. And Elias gets shoved into the LED screen, and Braun eyes the double bass, and the crowd realizes this. Coach calls it the biggest guitar in the world. Not really. No, not not a guitar. And Coach, uh, after identifying the largest guitar in the world, Braun breaks it over Elias's back and then tosses Elias under the piano and starts playing the piano. He drops the piano on Elias after kicking the legs out and wins the match in five minutes, yelling, I told you I'd get you. I think you need to... Uh, uh, let's let's pay a bit more respect to that piano drop on a man, okay? The way they did it was, if you haven't seen it, because there are a lot of people who don't watch the shows... Um, <laughs> Elias was underneath the grand piano, okay? So Braun lifts it up, kicks the, the hind leg of the piano, <laughs> and then drops that end down. And there's like a, I guess there's like a a space between the front legs and the back of the piano where Elias can hang out and hide. But, God, shit, like that's still a very dangerous spot. The margin of error, I have to assume, is quite small. If Elias wasn't in the right place, if... Man, I'm just I'm just saying like 
they were it was a perfectly safe spot but man still it's very dangerous i i hope he has good insurance <laughs> this is quite the piano spot yeah. maybe maybe the first piano spot i can recall and it's freaky how Braun just flips over that piano like the man is legitimately incredibly strong like and they're taking full advantage of that by having him do these very entertaining spots i thought it was an entertaining plunder match you know, maybe him and Mark Henry. That's gonna be Mark Henry's retirement. Is him and Strowman having like a strongman contest? Henry never did shit like this, though. Yeah, maybe. I mean, obviously Henry had the strength, but he never did spots like this in a match or even like he didn't lift cars and flip cars. He like, bent frying pans. That's all they did with him. That's really impressive. Yeah, because he legit bent the frying pan. Yes, Ron's not legitimately lifting a semi truck. But if how do you know? But if you're if you're trying to sell a guy as the world's strongest man, why wouldn't they have done that with Mark Henry? But you know, kudos to them for figuring out figuring out with Braun Strowman. Uh, these continue to be very entertaining. This guy also has a thousand times the personality of Mark Henry, which yeah. granted, Henry eventually. I'm talking about Henry's, you know, yeah, primary career. Early. Like he ascended into becoming a really great personality. But I'd say Braun is still a significantly more charismatic sure. figure. Sure. I thought the Elias stuff ran a bit long in the beginning, but it is important how he uh, or impressive how he can. Um, I want this play guy a little bit of every instrument. I want this guy to disappear for a year, Elias. and I want him to go to L.A. and he Sunday. study under Katsuyori Shibata at the new New Japan Dojo, <laughs> and he will come back as the greatest wrestler on earth because this guy's pre-match stuff is incredible. Sure, yeah, but he sucks. Yeah, in ring he sucks. I mean, here he didn't have to do much. He just had to get hit with objects. Um, but what I like about the character is that, like, they will spend so much time for his, his music. And I think what's great about the character is that he is... He, he's not completely without talent. He knows... Like, I think he's got a lot of talent. He knows it's what, just not physical. He knows where the notes are on the piano. He knows how to, like, uh, carry a, 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 a rhythm. But he's just a very amateur player that you'll see at any open mic night. But he happens to think that he's amazing. I think that's the best part. Yeah. And, like, it would be worse if he was comically bad who thought he was amazing. But the fact that he's a little bit good and he thinks he's amazing makes him that much more hateable. I don't want Max Payne. I want I want a guy that is just... Who thinks he's Max Payne. Exactly. That the average person in the audience that's done a uh, an open mic night yeah. feel... It's like, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> We got some mixed match challenge promos this week. Way is in store for Braun and Alexa against Jimmy Uso and Naomi. Two of my favorite teams, actually, oh. amongst the group. So this is probably one of the matches that I, I would actually look forward to most. This is when uh, they mentioned two stadium shows for 2018. They confirmed uh, the story that was going around over the weekend that they will be running a 100,000-seat stadium uh, in Australia. It is the Melbourne Cricket Ground, which holds reportedly 100,000 people. And they are going to be running this, they just said, in October. That is incredible. Wow. And And then, as well, they have uh, announced a deal in Saudi Arabia. Uh, This is part of the Vision 2030 initiative, where the Saudi Arabian government is spending a lot of money to uh, essentially diversify their economy so it's not just reliant on oil and it's bringing a lot of uh, different initiatives into the country and 
recreation and health and entertainment is falling under that umbrella and the WWE is in on this. So it's like a 10 year uh, deal where they're going to be running, uh, starting with this show on April 27th, a 50 man Royal Rumble match. The greatest, the greatest Royal Rumble ever. They're calling it. The name of the match is the greatest Royal Rumble. That's what it's called. Yeah. And it's a 60,000 seat stadium. In the release, they said that ticket information and broadcast information will be made available. I would think you would want to put this on the network rather than just a live event for Saudi Arabia, but we'll see. If they're taping it, I have to imagine, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Broadcast, though? Maybe it'll be on a broadcaster. The greatest Royal Rumble. A 50-man Royal Rumble. That's way too long. Yeah, that means this match is going to go on for, like, this could break the Raw record. Of two hours. Or you could just do entrance like every 30 seconds. Uh, they could do that, yeah. 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 But um, what, what do you think of these massive shows? I think they're going to draw very well. I would say it's hard not knowing what this October event is. If it's just a, like a glorified house show with your add-ons like Cena and Triple H. 100,000 people. It better be pretty good. Damn luck. Good luck. Good luck. No, but like I'm saying, because it's this, it's a stadium show. The, the the roster and the card has to be pretty damn good, don't you think? You got to imagine Ronda would have to be on that show. I would imagine she will be. Yeah. Yeah, and, I'm sh- and more. You're gonna have to load these up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would just say if you were doing a hundred thousand, I would much rather they do a major. Like pay-per-view there. My assumption is that they they worry about the time difference. That has to be the biggest thing. Holding them back from actually promoting these as a as a network special, don't you think? Yeah, but I don't know why you have that concern. Mm-hmm. Like you're not. It's not like you're ordering the network for this event. You have the network. Mm-hmm. The event's gonna come. Like New Japan World. Yeah, true. It starts at five a.m. Yeah. Does that deter you from having that service? Mm-hmm. And you watch it. Yeah, and they do have the the few pay per view providers across the world. But I mean, they UFC does tape delay all the time. It's I don't think it's a big deal at all. Yeah, I would. Hmm. I would do it myself, um, but we'll see. They've just listed October, just this, uh, not even a specific date yet. Bray Wyatt and Rhino, forty-seven seconds. Bray won with the sister Abigail, and then Heath Slater was in fear. They had coach try to sell us on Bray's new mentality. Yeah, what is this new mentality? He's winning. Gotcha. Bray cut a promo on Matt Hardy. Tells him to come out and show his face and calls him a coward. And then said, the final deletion is far from over. And then realized and corrected himself saying, the great war is far from over. And then Matt Hardy appears saying and repeating, the great war is far from over. So Bray clearly getting ahead of himself. He says that. Their feud cannot be finished in the WWE. There is only one battlefield that is worthy of such cosmic compound, combat, the Hardy compound. And we got clips of the compound, and Corey said that was like something out of nightmares in a movie. Which is quite the shot at impact. Think, yeah, I think they tape in Orlando. So they're going to do this. Yeah, you, you think this is 100% for WrestleMania? Mm, I think it's certainly the most interesting thing to come out of Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. So doing it anytime before WrestleMania to me would be a bit of a waste. I think that's something you actually make people to pay to watch and they uh they can't even end it then, you know, in 
they can't end it in the arena because it's going to be in North Carolina, right? Unless they do time time they can, travel. Like, yeah. They can, we'll see how wacky they get. They yeah. could do that. I mean, most Tell likely them. it would. Um, I, I think it, it's WrestleMania worthy. You know, I guess it was more the fact that they've introduced this five weeks out for such a low middle of the card feud that they're doing that for all the matches. They're announcing the card right now. This is just such a low match. That's like, we're going to get five weeks of promos before this, this match. We've had three months of it. I know I'm done. I was done four months ago. What's five more weeks. Oh, uh, five more weeks. <laughs> it's 35 days. Well, okay. Listen, my, my, the whole thing is when they finally announce this Hardy compound thing, I thought my reaction would be a lot bigger. Instead, it was just a whimper because, like, at this point... Was this impact footage or was this all new stuff shot? It looked new. No, there's no way they'll use impact footage. They, the, There was the report out that they've actually licensed what? footage. Really? Yeah. I'd have Since to... what? Like, and have they used any in the past? Well, that's what I'm asking you. If this... I don't... I can't... I, the, I could be wrong. I don't know why you would license this as opposed to shoot your he own. Just, he'd probably shoot this on... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this all... Strong. Anyway, it it doesn't really matter what the footage was, but, but was... I mean, shit! It feels like we've been waiting like way too long for something like this, and ah, uh, I th- I think it's inexcusable. Like, if you're gonna tell me that, hey, we waited this long because we wanted to save it for WrestleMania, it still doesn't excuse the last three months. It really doesn't. Just pulling this up here. PW Insider reporting that Impact Wrestling is licensing material from Matt and Jeff Hardy's time with the company to WWE to be used in their future projects. The footage primarily consists of the Broken Universe content, which spanned the majority of a year of Impact Wrestling TV. Oh, interesting. Anyway, so I would say that this is likely earmarked for WrestleMania, but do you see Jeff Hardy's uh, recovery changing plans at all I think Jeff could appear oh you mean like would he be involved in the match if Jeff is healthy to go would that alter plans for Wrestlemania if they no. wanted to pair them with Sheamus and Cesaro for instance or hmm. I personally don't think so I think you have Jeff Hardy be a part of this and make his return as mm-hmm. part of this mm-hmm. yeah as Willow oh gosh yes or what the what's, what's the other thing's name the thing is they could have a lot of fun with this um, yeah Thus far, though, this has been a really underwhelming, like you just, I feel for Matt Hardy and this year long battle he had to get this character and this idea mm-hmm. and what's been done with it. It's just, uh, we'll see. This it, is obviously, this is going to be the judgment on this character's this match and how gonna, they handle it. If you're going to tell me like a year ago that we, we would get three months of this, I would have told them to hold off on debuting that character altogether until this month, until WrestleMania. That way, it feels way more fresh. Instead, you've like done a real two-month disservice to this character in this feud. So by the time you get to this, I don't know. It's it, it's not. I'm not ex- excited for it as I think I should have been. The Miz Taraj is out for the third annual Mizzy Awards. Miz calls the Oscars boring and bloated, and runs through all the movies making fun of him. He's disgusted that The Shape of Water won over The Marine Five. Get out is what Kurt Angle should do as raw general manager and goes on through all the different movies. His first award is the superstar who is best at patting themselves on the back. The nominees were Seth Rollins for lasting 65 minutes in a match. He lost Kurt Angle for learning. He was a father after 29 years and Finn Balor losing the universal title after one day and never winning it back. What, what was not funny was 
the nominees. What was hilarious was the editing yeah. of these clips, yeah. which were very well done. Were. And I laughed n- a number of times mm-hmm. at some of these. The winners were Rollins and Balor with a tie, but they can't accept because they weren't invited. Next was worst decision by a Raw general manager. The nominees were Kurt Angle bringing his bastard son to Raw, Kurt Angle for allowing Rollins and Balor into the Elimination Chamber, and Kurt Angle for failing to name the WrestleMania opponent for The Miz with an exchange of Miz and Angle asking, what are you going to do? And Kurt saying, nothing. And they just repeated this back and forth. Funny, yeah. Kurt won, but he's too busy sucking up to Ronda Rousey to come accept his award. And then he goes on to name a lifetime achievement, Mizzy. And as he's mentioning, he is 55 days away from breaking Pedro Morales' record for all-time days with the Intercontinental title. Mm -hmm. He's interrupted by Seth Rollins, who's followed by Finn Balor. Rollins is annoyed that Balor's following him around. Miz says neither of them deserve a title match. Rollins always loses. Balor held the Universal title for one day and has done nothing since. This isn't Japan. As soon as he said this, you knew this was going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't Japan. This is WWE, where you have to bust your butt every single day. <laughs> Fuck touring. And? To be over, you have to have more than a hand sign that isn't even yours and suggest that they have a disadvantage and face the Miztourage three on two. Some great lines from the Miz. Miz was very good here. Yeah. I thought his whole thing carrying this Mizzy segment and then into the promo with Balor and, yeah. and Finn, uh, yeah. Balor and Rollins, he was very good here. Yeah, really good lines. I loved I loved him saying that, uh, calling him out on, on the hand sign that's not even yours. Um, like, I think Miz is really the perfect symbol of the anti-internet wrestling fan. I want to see the Miz and Ricochet so much that feud will be that would be a grace nice. and they're basically doing it with it looks like with velveteen dream mm, oh yeah who's the guy that's going to knock the indie wrestlers and oh, is that right and should lead to ricochet's debut yeah i mean if only his wrestling was better i i think the character is great velveteen dream no, i'm saying miz oh miz yeah. well uh anyway yeah good segment here to set up um a handicap match that just was there is that am I am I leaving anything out? It ended with Balor and Rollins trying to one up each other. Rollins did some dives, then Balor did a blind tag. He hit a Topicon hero to Axel and Dallas, and it ended with Balor hitting the sling blade and running dropkick to Balor. But as he climbed up for the coup de gras, Rollins now blind tagged and he hit Miz with the stomp and pinned him, leading to Kurt coming out and announcing a triple threat for WrestleMania. Yeah. Because the record is so within reach, I have to think that The Miz is going to retain at WrestleMania and actually beat Pedro Morales' record. Um, I wonder what Mania looked like two months ago or whenever Jason Jordan, before Jason Jordan, was taken off of the card. Probably Rollins and Jordan. Yeah, Rollins and Jordan, and that means Balor against who? I don't know what Balor was figured into. He had nothing going on. Because Miz was going to be with Braun. That was the rumor, yes. Mm, Right. And for all we know, Braun could end up in this match. As a, he's like this hmm. loose, floating part that doesn't have a program. Yeah, Elias is kind of done. That's, I, that is not something you can hmm. extend to WrestleMania. In a weird way, I wouldn't mind Braun Strowman like, hosting WrestleMania. 
I think you could come up with some fun segments with that guy. I think it'd be such a waste for him to not have a big match and a big moment. You know, what would you say to like, WrestleMania? Like the last hour of WrestleMania is Braun tearing down the set. <laughs> um, I would stay behind for that. Like, I think after the show, he should be like, stay tuned on the network. Braun Strowman's going to take down the set. Last year, we were I'll there for that. like an hour later. Yeah. <laughs> and Undertaker's hat and crap still remained in the ring. Yes. As the whole place is tearing it down. Yeah. But here is the Pope's clothing that we will not touch. <laughs> it will go untouched. Final segment was Paul Heyman coming out, carrying the universal title. He said that Brock allows him to put his hands on this title, and if Brock so chooses, then he'll come back and lay the UFC title right next to it. He brings up Reigns' promo from last week and notes Reigns' biggest win was against The Undertaker last year and mentions only two men have beaten The Undertaker at WrestleMania, and no one ever brings up that The Undertaker wrestled one night last year. Because if you did... That statement would be bullshit. The Undertaker is 300... He is The Undertaker 365 days a year, regardless of how many matches he does, just like Lesnar. This year, you aren't beating Lesnar. You're not taking this title away. And next week, Reigns can do something about it because Lesnar's coming to Detroit. And the fans booed. So he say, So was he saying that Roman did a great job by beating The Undertaker? So he's putting... He's, he's putting he Roman put over the win. He said, yeah. that was a great win for you. But the fact that The Undertaker doesn't wrestle more than once is a bullshit argument. And Lesnar wrestling only selectively every year, that doesn't affect anything. This guy is above everyone else. Mm. He is a prized attraction. So he's saying that both of these men wrestle very irregular schedules. Yes. Because people give The Undertaker uh, or don't say, don't call out The Undertaker for all He's essentially calling anyone that criticizes Brock a hypocrite because you'd never say this okay. about The Undertaker. That's a good point, yes. Then he said, and off of WrestleMania, you can seek a new title to challenge for because this one belongs to Brock Lesnar. This didn't fit at he all. Did, he did this just for you. <laughs> Was that it? Oh I don't think anyone in this audience got it. Like, yes, we, we get the... Seek, seek a new title. Yes, I'll give him that. Off of WrestleMania? What? This was an off a line. <laughs> You should be writing these for him. Yes. Yeah, I never, I never expected Paul to go the pun route, but yes. um, eh, I mean, sure. He was trying far too hard. <laughs> he says that Reigns called Lesnar a bitch. This is Brock Lesnar's bitch, as he holds the title. Mm. She belongs to Brock Lesnar. Pretty risque line for PG. Given this time period with the women's yeah, movement, yeah, the, yeah, and a, and this a line, is Brock's bitch. A line that it was actually, uh, you know, re- received some a lot of negativity. Oh, did it? Yeah, or yeah. some, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if they were happy if on the same show celebrating Women's uh, Achievement Month and also having a line like this. Well, he says that Reigns is. <laughs> Reigns is eyeballing his bitch, and you can't have her. You'll have to pry it out of his hot, competitive hands. And he lays it down. This isn't a belt, strap, or prop. It's a declarative statement that you are number one, and you can look at your children and say your father is a step above everyone else, the biggest dog in the biggest yard, and the number one person on the planet and everywhere else in the universe. It's not about how much you want this title. It's how much the title wants you. 
and outlines a scenario that at 1 a.m. the night before WrestleMania, if you get a phone call that your father has had something awful happen to him, you can't go home to your family. You have to wrestle at WrestleMania the next day. And then after that, you can't go home. You have to be on the biggest Raw of the year. And then maybe, if you're not needed on SmackDown, maybe you can go home to your family then. That's what it means to be the champion. So Paul hasn't exactly embraced the brand split yet. Right. So he's go- saying all this stuff about what Roman would have to do if he, he was champion. Yes. The Which problem- kind of defeats the purpose because he's- this man has been champion. And well, for all intents and purposes, wait, but, this is the number one... But prom- he's, he's, a, he's being a complete hypocrite because Brock doesn't do any of those things. But if, of anybody, Brock is the champion that never shows up. Well, he's stating specific to this weekend. Brock always works WrestleMania and Raw. Okay. But completely. Yeah. Completely. He's yeah. the whole point of this. This is where this was confusing to me was the idea. Yeah. You're on call 24 seven. Like he's outlining like he's Ric Flair in 19, 1983. Mm. And instead it's like the whole story outlined last week was Brock only shows up X amount of times a year. Yeah. And then here it's, well, this guy's pounding the pavement 24-7. It's like, no, in fact, for this story, it's Roman is the guy that is going all over the world. Yes. He's going to Saudi Arabia and Australia, and Brock won't be on any of those shows. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah. that said, uh, he says you don't want to shoot on the mic with Paul Heyman, and you don't want to shoot in the ring with Brock Lesnar. This was a very good promo from Heyman. I really didn't like it. Didn't. Oh, my God, no. I thought this was... Mm. I thought he went on way too long, dude. This was 10 minutes, mm-hmm. at least. And that's more time than a lot of these matches. And to me... This is your main event angle, though. But I love Paul Heyman, yeah. But, like, I, I just... Even 10 minutes of him doing this same type of style of promo that he's been doing for the last two, three years is too much for me. And I think, like... I was confused, just confused. And maybe that's just me, but a lot of what he was saying didn't make sense to me. I also feel like him having to rely on words like shit and bitch to get a reaction out of people is something Paul Heyman doesn't need to do. Um, And then to me, it just came across like rambling for like the last several portions, all the stuff about something bad happening to Roman's dad. To me, he should have, he could have cut that promo in half. And I think he would have been way more effective. But, I mean, a lot of people are split. I actually made a poll on oh. Twitter. And uh, what, what, are, what are the folks saying? So, my options were, who cut the better promo? Roman Reigns last week or Paul Heyman this week? All right, we'll let you know as soon as this comes out. What, what is your guess? Roman last week. 54% of my Twitter followers felt that Paul Heyman cut the better promo. Oh. 46% felt that Roman cut the better promo. Hmm. But I'm in disagreement with the 56%. You're disagreeing with your own followers. Oh, yeah. Man, they're not following 46% you. 46% of people feel the same way. I thought Heyman's delivery was very good. I think that the... I don't know if the intent was to... But Bray Wyatt's delivery is really good. Hmm. That doesn't make for a great promo. I still thought he... Like, at the end of this, I while I didn't feel... It kind of followed Roman's promo last week. Like, I didn't think it really matched what the tone was last week to come back with something ferocious. What this did feel like at the end was that this is the undisputed 
top prize in this industry, this title. Okay, he could have done that in five minutes. Didn't need ten minutes to say that. Well, maybe maybe it went on too long. Yeah, it's too much for me. Um, yeah, but I was like you. I, I wasn't a fan of, like, the swearing and having to go to that level. Even the stuff about it's not a belt, it's not a strap. It's like you're playing to such a small percentage. My biggest pet peeve now is the whole tonight we're going to have a wrestling match and not sports entertainment. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. we get the whole buzzword thing. Don't have to hit us over the head with all these like stupid buzzwords that like so few people care about. I think that they really have a kind of warped view about what the audience really cares about. Like we know this stuff exists. Yeah. Like I think worked shoot promos are, are a real kind of fine line. You know, you have to kind of, yeah, it's definitely getting to the point now where um, if people are trying to cut a work shoot promo for the sake of uh, shock, that's not enough. A work shoot promo has to work, like has to make you interested in the match. As long as the match, it it makes you interested in the feud and, and makes you interested in the match, then I think you can use any device that you want. But doing something just to shock somebody for 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 the sake of I don't know, get it, or getting uh, a rise out of the smallest percentage of people, or even worse, is like cutting a promo for the people backstage. Like that to me, it's when you're you're so off the course of building up a match. And you know what? I was actually glad they didn't bring up the Lesnar Kane match from the weekend. This match goes thirty five seconds and. You know, you could have assumed that they're going to use this into the angle. Like, here's here's Lesnar who shows up and he works 35 seconds. And I think that would have been exactly to what you and I are saying, is that this is all bullshit. All these matches are bullshit. This guy shows up and he only wants to work a 35-second match. Well, no. When I'm watching this show, this guy is dominating someone if he wins in 35 seconds. Yes. That should not be some kind of slight. So I was glad they didn't try and work that into mm-hmm. this storyline that Brock shows up and only works for 35 seconds. Hmm. I think that's when you're getting to the territory where it's just wrestling. This is all fake. Mm-hmm. Roman comes out and Heyman gets all scared and Roman tells him to pick the title up off the mat and show it some respect. He says everything he said last week about Lesnar was true. And this week Heyman is sent for Lesnar's rebuttal. He calls Lesnar a bitch. And all he wants is for Lesnar to show up for work. And wants Lesnar to be here. So he says he'll be in Detroit next week too. And Brock better not come dressed for a promo segment. He better come dressed for a fight. And that's how this show ends. With the big promise of next week. A face to face. Yes. Maybe we'll get yes, a tug of war this. over the title. Um, Yeah. Or maybe a... I don't know. I think the angle is working. You know, I think Roman feels like he's playing the hometown guy and Brock is the outsider. Yeah, I don't know where this audience is going to be. Tonight, it felt like they like this audience was kind of negative when Brock was brought up because he wasn't there. They weren't all that enamored with Roman either. It wasn't like he was their chosen representative. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because I just watched Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg on Sunday night. But it could be very. um, very I don't see it happening with this audience, 
especially in a stadium. I don't see that happening because I feel that there's almost like this this mentality now amongst wrestling fans that they won't allow other fans to ruin their event. Um, hmm. I don't know. I uh, but you watch this and. You could very well see a scenario where the audience is negative to both of these guys mm-hmm. at WrestleMania, and, and you, you get a flat match. I think that would be the biggest fear. And what is the contingency plan? Is it Braun Strowman? Putting him in the match? Having him do something to mitigate that type of uh, scenario. Because uh, I'm sure they're, they're concerned about that just as much. Yeah. Like, the thing is, I think Lesnar and Reigns are going to have a great match. I don't. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be good. I don't know if it's going to be at the level... Like, their match in 2015 was a really, really good match. But we haven't seen Brock have a singles match like that in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, there's many questions. Uh, many, many questions. Not the least of which is if Lesnar is in the same mentality of, hey, I'm going into a fight camp after this. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's all... Uh, Interesting. Two weeks in, I, I think that they're they're doing a fine job, though, yeah. with the main event. Yep. So, that was Raw. Um I really like the, uh, I guess, a handful of things on this show. I like the Heyman promo. I like the Miz. I really like the uh, the Nia Jax Alexa segment. And the opening segment had its strengths, but I thought it also kind of provided too much. Overall, though, I I thought this was a Raw that dragged significantly for about 90% of this show. I have to agree. Yeah, uh, I I like the opening segment. Uh, I'll say though it was a raw. I actually liked the uh, Elias um, Strowman match, but it was also a raw that I think had a lot of interesting things happen on it. A lot of surprises of things being bad that you didn't expect them to be bad, and I would include the Goldust match there. For me, I would include the Heyman promo as a part of that. So um, a lot of talking points coming out of this show. Yeah, Cena Goldust was my low point of the show because it could have been something. That we could have been raving about at the end of the show. On the forum at forum.postwrestling.com, we asked you what you thought of Raw. Tonight got a rating of a 6 out of 10. We go down and start off. What do you guys think about the camera cuts they've been doing lately? In the span of 31 seconds after Bailey pinned Mandy Rose, they were there were literally 25 camera cuts. Borderline nauseating. Any takes on what they are trying to accomplish showing it this way? They've been doing this since The Shield. Like, the shield beatdowns. And I think people are just, like, privy to it now. And once you notice it like this, you can't not notice it. So, uh, what they're trying to do, they're trying to turn it, in, like, into an action scene. If you watch, like, any any act, like Fast and the Furious, it's, oh, shaky camera, can't, quick cuts, quick cuts. Um, well, even during the Braun Elias car segment, I mean, there are, there's tons of cuts yeah. in those. But those aren't as, uh, to me... I hate it. I've, I've always hated it. I hated it back with the shield. I hate it. I especially hated it when they did it during the uh, Raw invasion or the SmackDown invasion. Oh right, that was awful. And like nobody joined me, join join in uh, uh, with me on that. Go back and watch that segment. It is fucking atrocious. The amount of shakiness and the amount the amount of overproduction that they put in. But it's like, I I just find them like they're doing, they do too much. They're just trying too hard to get in the way of letting the performers do the storytelling themselves. To me, I like my presentation more like a sport. And if a, a bench-clearing brawl happens uh, in baseball, cameras aren't suddenly shaking. Oh, okay? that'd be awesome. And cuts aren't cutting everywhere. You let it naturally play out. 
even in a wide angle. It looks insane. It looks crazy on its own. There's no need to accent it, to uh, to amplify it with your overproduction. A lot of people blame Kevin Dunn for it, and I mean, obviously, you know, if he's the ultimate VP production, then yeah. But I don't even know if he's the guy like that in, in the truck anymore. So it's like it's whoever, whoever's at fault, whoever's to blame. Maybe ultimately it's Vince. But yeah, it's too much. Uh, we go on to oh, so oh that, that's all that uh, this person had to say. Do you was have any thoughts? Cuts. Um, I'll be honest. Like I watch it, and it's like I know it's there, but I don't have the same eye for it that you do. That I would imagine it's way more grating on you than me. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't take me out of a out of a scene. So we're getting to the point now where I think like a lot of people are noticing it, and it's starting with people online. I would assume the vast majority of viewers who watch Raw are probably like you, who don't really notice it all that much. And for that reason, maybe they'll continue doing it. But uh, they have a lot of problems like that, where maybe like people who watch it the closest might notice it more so than, than others. Does it make it... Like, the average fan probably thinks there's nothing wrong with selfie promos and words appearing on the screen. Yeah. Uh, like, I find that stuff way more painful to me, is like that stuff. Hmm. Um but yeah, it's certainly it's there. I'm not denying it's it's there, and it's. I think if I consciously was thinking about it during a segment, and like you said, once you are really noticing it, it's really hard to snap it out. It takes of it. me away out of the believability of a scene when I know that the camera operators can predict what's going on. Mm-hmm. When the camera operators have a hand in crafting the the emotion of, of the scene, yeah. So you're, you're just not, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm actually like thinking in my head too, is like when I'm watching these scenes too, it's like, I'm probably not representative of the average viewer because I've got my head on a screen typing as I'm doing this as well, that it's as opposed to having my eyes just glued to the screen from the start to the end of a segment. The other thing too is like, sorry, I, I love no, talking go, about this. Go for like, it. Is like when you're watching something on a small screen, like you are, like if you're holding a camera, for instance, and I'm like looking through a viewfinder it's tiny camera shakes look a lot less offensive for instance like when i'm holding a cell phone and i'm like shooting video or if i'm watching video on a cell phone shaking camera is a whole lot less offensive but like if you're watching on big screen tv all that shaking is amplified like mm-hmm. way more and so like i watch these shows on like uh, uh you know like watch a, them on your phone like a six like a six, 50 inch screen tv and it's like <laughs> i want to puke i really want to puke <laughs> So, anyway. That's our future double-double video. We're going to watch shield matches or attacks. Okay, we go to Jesse from the 6. What the heck was the point of Steph adding the must-be-a-member-of-the-active-roster stipulation to Ronda's opponent choice just for Kurt to say, Oh yeah, Steph, you also have an active wrestler's contract. Two minutes later. Not only is it poor storytelling, it is bizarre storytelling. Why bring up such a clause at all if you're just going to negate it minutes later? Um, yeah, they, they just wanted to... It was, it was pretty convenient. Adam you know what I mean? It was just like, we don't have a brilliant idea to make this match. Yeah. It's just, well, here it is. They just wanted to set up the surprise of, of Ronda saying it, I guess. I don't I don't know. Yeah, Maybe it was poor, pretty poor writing. That aside, I think Raw hit most of the points they needed to tonight. I was entertained by Elias and Braun, even if the match itself was just so-so. And I like that the IC match at Mania is a three-way and not some five or six-man. Oh, yeah, because the three is just... And trust me, that match I could see more people being added to for yeah, sure. Yeah, I know. Three is better than six, yes. It's, it is less, that's <laughs> true. Uh, we go to Chris. 
You know, it's truly a truly mania season when all the part-timers come back to get involved. Also, to be honest, I've never been a huge fan of Ronda Rousey, even dating back to her time in the UFC. So when she said that she's a full-time wrestler with no special treatment, I burst out in laughter. The woman has never had a televised match and has only been with the company about a month, but gets a heavily featured match at WrestleMania. If the crowds continue to grow louder towards being anti-Ronda, how will she and WWE handle it? I don't think it's a problem now. They were big into her... Uh, coming out, interrupting the segment tonight, and they were totally pro-Ronda tonight. It has not been any kind of an issue. Um, Other than when she did the first promo, you had those boos in Las Vegas, which were quickly drowned out, and since then, it's been very positive Mm -hmm. on on Ronda. They haven't had her have to carry and do a big monologue, Mm -hmm. uh, which she shouldn't be doing anyway. And I just think with the the star power here to work off Stephanie and Hunter that I I don't see them running into too much of an issue unless they put her in scenarios that feel insincere and not genuine to the Ronda Rousey persona and try to make her another character. I would say they have to be genuine uh, with Ronda really wanting to succeed in professional wrestling. They have to have Ronda appear at least on every Raw. And again, have her do some house shows. Just, oh, maybe you can't do that because people will film it and they'll release that footage. Like Lesnar and Kane. Yeah. Uh, I watched the whole match. Oh, you did? Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I think you have to like show the audience that Ronda is really working hard at trying to be good at this. You know, there's no better way to like uh, endear yourself to like a foreign uh, nation than trying to learn their language. Well, you could do some cool stuff with her and Kurt, like preparing for this match. Oh my god, as well. awesome! Training videos, give them to me. I love them. Running like, steps, like that's where I would have really. I just think that this whole comeback story of Kurt, it's you know they kind of were their hands were tied with the way they brought him back, but just the idea of this guy doubting himself mm-hmm. and the injuries he's had to overcome and having that first big return, mm-hmm. um, what you could have done there, and there's still a lot you can do because. This listen, I thought tonight was like a a solid step forward for the Kurt Angle character, which I have not been enjoying yeah. as this goofball general mm-hmm. manager. Which you you got the sense tonight they're they're trying to tone that stuff back to make him a viable threat with with Hunter. Like did he's got to be that in, previous goofy character for this to be effective. I don't think you did. Not to the extent that they made him look right. like just a just a fool. Okay, we go to Sal, who says, Not a terrible edition of Raw. I love what they did for the Mizzies. Miz must have some really good friends in production. Really didn't like Roman yelling at Paul to respect the title. It felt weird after he was dragging the U.S. title around last year. Jay from Colorado. They found the only thing that can possibly make the Wyatt-Hardy feud interesting again, the inclusion of the greater Hardy universe. Hopefully Vince lets Hardy take the reins on all of this. I'm just happy to see Vanguard won again. Any truth to the rumors of WWE not wanting to extend Brick's co-tracked because of him possibly being involved in the new steroid story uh i can't you know state anything about that it's not stopping the ufc um yeah that was all jay had to say okay brandon wants to ask uh okay well he first he wants to say i thought there was a lot of good and some kind of questionable stuff this week uh kurt had one of the better weeks his better weeks in a long time. The Mizzies was hilarious. As for the questionable, I don't really get the revival losing. I do not see anything substantial for the Raw tag titles at WrestleMania right now. I don't think Ronda should have got her hands on Stephanie yet. It's too soon still. Yeah. Any predictions about uh, the bar? Um, It'd have to be a surprise. Like somebody other from SmackDown or... Yeah, Nation I almost like team. the SmackDown option more is that... So you think they'll do the... 
Either the Usos or the New Day or the Bludgeon Brothers, really. Yeah, it's... Take your pick. Yeah, there isn't really the um, the obvious choice. I really don't like the call-up idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're very limited with the options. And the fact is that you just did the Raw versus SmackDown deal at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. It's not even really that fresh of an idea having the two sure. champions face off. Okay, Brandon has one more question. He says, uh, there's a UFC Fight Night card on March 17th. I know it is in England, but what are your thoughts on WWE shooting an angle of some sort on the show with Brock and Roman? They could just have Brock in the crowd watching and have Roman confront him at the show and maybe show footage of off cell phone cameras. No. And have Ariel Hawani ask yeah, him a question. That, that is not going to happen, especially on a Fight Night card well, on in Fight England. Pass. In England, no way. Yeah. If you if you wanted to really push that forward, then it's after last week's angle, taking Brock off the house show Saturday, and he's sitting in the crowd at the pay per view on Saturday. Hmm. But they're not going that. Direction. They are kind of. I mean, I don't know. I still question the validity of that Dana White tweet. Like, I'm not completely convinced that he wasn't in on something, because it just plays so well into everything else, you know. So, I mean, you kind of, they are kind of thinking at that level now, I feel. You know, how do we feed something out there into the internet to help this wrestling angle? But let's, because I don't believe Dana was in on that in any, like, what's, what is the motivation on a Dana White's part to help get a WrestleMania angle over? Mm. When you legitimately would want to sign this guy, when you are in competition yeah, sure. with this company for the next television rights deal. Mm, are are they really though? But I mean, we know they're very friendly. Mm. This is not the year that they're going to be. And this is also it friendly. Also, it also just helps Dana, don't you think? How? We're getting the wrestling audience thinking that oh, this guy's going to come to my company. I think it. I think it makes you kind of look silly if he's not coming to oh. your company, mm. and you're just trying to help get an angle over. Don't, wouldn't he look silly by putting that up anyway? I think he. I think he believes he legitimately. Can resign this guy, yeah, I believe and I think can. they just posted a photo here. And if it, it, I don't think Dana even is thinking on the level of whether this has a indirect effect on Brock's wrestling angle. Hmm. Like, I don't think Dana's thinking on that side of things about wrestling angles. Um, last or here we have two more. Based on what you know about Ronda from covering her MMA career, do you think that she's studying Charlotte or Oscar and wants to reach their level? I'd love to imagine a Ronda watching. That Oscar reversal into the armbar and wanting to be able to pull that off. Um, Pretty sure she could pull that off. Listen, I'm I'm fairly certain that Ronda is very serious about becoming very good at this. Mm-hmm. And she's starting at square one. Like, it's going to be a very um, steep learning curve to, yeah. to kind of get this. I don't, I mean, I'm sure she's studying. I don't know if it's necessarily Charlotte or Oscar. I mean, I think she has a lot of people so that she could study. Mm-hmm. Men or women. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she'll be very carefully protected at WrestleMania. Well, I think the biggest limitation is the fact that she's wrestling Stephanie. If she was wrestling somebody, I think, who could, uh, who's a more regular uh, wrestler who ha- maybe has can take more damage, I think you will get to see the full, I think, mm, I don't know, abilities of Ronda in a wrestling ring. I don't think you'll get to see it with Stephanie. Yeah, and the way this match is, I mean, it's got to go 12 to 14 minutes. Sure. So that probably is going to involve Ronda having to to sell for a portion of that match. Like, it yes. can't just be a throw and yep. into the armbar. Yeah, true. 
Uh, finally, we got a Joe Carter who says, with spring, <laughs> with spring training in full force here this in guy. beautiful sunny Florida, with your reigning, defending, undisputed Universal Canadian champions, the Toronto Blue Jays, the Dub Dub E decided to celebrate by putting on a spring training show of their own. Here are my highlights as I watch the show in Fast Forward. Nice work punch by Kurt. It was meant for Triple H, but ended up somewhere in the seventh row. Looks like Sasha and Bailey are doing the Ambrose Rollins Shield storyline. Will they fist, I mean hug, at the end? Stay tuned. Nia Jax lost her smile. Revival lost all credibility. John Cena lost track of what day it was. And Braun lost Elias, but found him a week later. Good for you, Braun. I did watch the last segment. Great job by both men to continue the progression of the story and keeping me wanting more. I give this show three Blue Jay wins so far out of ten. All right. That's all of the feedback from the Post Wrestling Forum. And Way and I are going to be back twice on Tuesday. Uh, if you're listening to this, we are going to have a review of the New Japan 46th anniversary card up Tuesday afternoon for all of our patron subscribers. And what's on the show? We've got Kazuchika Okada against Will Ospreay, non-title match, and then Togi Makabe challenging Minoru Suzuki for the Intercontinental title, Tetsuya Naito against Taichi, and a three-way for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Title titles on that card as well so um you know it's a it's kind of like a b-level show but i'm really looking forward to that main event i think mm-hmm. it should be very strong with okada and osprey mm-hmm. and probably one of the only times you're going to get to see them have a singles match in new japan unless osprey moves up to the heavyweight division in the future are you looking forward to it? i am yeah five o'clock i love my five o'clock shows well you uh way will be watching it at 5 a.m mm-hmm. i will not be uh but we will be back tuesday afternoon so you can go subscribe patreon.com slash post wrestling and six dollars gets you access to all of our bonus shows which we have two of coming up this week uh tuesday night we've got rewind to smackdown thursday the British Wrestling Experience is back with Martin, Ollie, and Benno. And then Friday, it's our Patreon Rewind Away show covering WrestleMania 20, where it all begins again at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. March the 14th of 2004. A memorable day in the life of waiting. My 20th birthday. Your 20th birthday. Yeah. My ex-ex birthday. Where your life begins again. Yeah. yeah. So that's coming up Friday. And then Sunday night... We will have a review of both Fastlane and the ROH anniversary show. Uh, We'll uh, package those together on Sunday night. So a lot of wrestling coming up over the next week. Are you ready for it all, Way? I think so. Okay. Well, in the meantime, you can go to postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com, and that is it. Good night. Goodbye. Way's off to watch New Japan.